Welcome to Stories from the Center of the Universe, the podcast about the human experience. Austin Wilson, welcome to the Center of the Universe. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I should mention that we connected through uh, Nick Clark, who yeah. you went to Atlee High School with, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think, I'm pretty sure Alec mentioned you during his episode. And you and Alec uh, know each other really well because you went to college together. Yep. And so you've basically known Alec most of your life. Probably since sixth grade. Yeah, yeah. sixth yeah, grade about to now. 14 years, yeah. 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 I think that's little, about 14 years. A little over yeah. Yeah. yeah, right on. Cool. Uh, we're going to get to why you went to Florida State here in a second. Um, but let's start with, where did you grow up? Uh, Mechanicsville, Virginia. Born and raised, or born in Richmond at least, uh, and grew up in Mechanicsville. I think I moved out of Richmond when I was a month old. Um, so the same house. Uh, my entire life. What part of uh, Mechanicsville? Um, Alley, Alley area, uh, over off of New Ashcake Road. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We lived off New Ashcake for a bit. Yeah, in Milestone. Oh, okay. Yeah, I live in Ash Creek. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. it's weird how they uh, how they uh, divided the school district it, in that part of the so county. Like, out Nick, um, Nick and my buddy Ty. Yeah, I went to Milestone, and we were best friends throughout uh, elementary school and then going into fifth grade they're like oh we're gonna split it yeah it wasn't even in half either it was milestone was on our side and they were going to foxhead but i think when they split it for everyone in elementary school middle school high school all the high schoolers on one side foxhead etc cetera, etc cetera, went to hanover right but still milestone and atley were um atley yeah but they were different elementary schools yeah they also did this weird thing with the kids even in milestone where they all went to kersey creek but they somehow split them up for middle school some went yeah. to oak knoll and some mm-hmm. went to chickahominy just yeah. didn't make any sense I think to it's me a numbers thing is when it comes down to it i guess and and, <laughs> and you want to fill the new school i guess yes exactly and so they end up doing yeah. some weird things that yeah. don't make sense to everybody cool all right so you're hanover county i mean not technically born but you're born in central virginia mm-hmm. and you're you consider yourself a hanover county absolutely guy. and you live in hanover county now yep. mm-hmm Besides college, did you ever leave Hanover? No, that's, no, that's not beautiful. at all. It's very crazy. You, you and I are very similar yeah. in that way. But I, I had to get out. I think of Hanover for college at least. That's what was my one of my requirements to at least explore a little bit. Well, you, um, yeah, we, we're going to get to college days. Yeah. If you had stayed in Hanover County and went to college, I think your only choice was Randolph Macon. Yeah. Yeah. In Hanover, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> could do that. Either no, that, or- that would be a weird move. I mean, Randall Macon's a good school for some people, but you Absolutely. have to like really small liberal arts schools, oh, and just, that's not for everybody. My mom would be at my door at my dorm room steps every day. Yeah, my mom strongly suggested that I go to Randolph Macon because she taught there. She's like, yeah. you can go for free. I'm like, but we live a mile and a half from here. There's no way <laughs> I I'm can't doing do that. that. Yeah, because you'll know everything that I do. Yeah, yeah exactly. That, that's not the point yeah. of college. You'll call me and say, "What are you doing tonight?" Exactly. Let me come. Exactly. All right. So what were you doing in your uh, spare time when you're uh, like 10, 11 years old? <sighs> Grew up playing sports, man. I mean, that was my life. Um, I had a lot of people growing up on my, uh, as a child, I had a lot of kids growing up on my cul-de-sac. So we always used to, um, you know, we, our cul-de-sac was mainly known for having parties, at least the adults. Um, <laughs> the adults would, I mean, we had, uh, we started actually having a, it was called a redneck party. Okay. Um, because our, one of our old neighbors came out side one night when we were having a little bonfire in the middle of the cul-de-sac and came out and said started screaming you're all rednecks and was banging a pot with a spoon because you you started a fire in the middle of the cul-de-sac basically we started fire in the cul-de-sac you know some nights there'd be fireworks you know depending (laughs) on the night we'll get a little rowdy and we'll get a little rowdy and they were kind of older it was weird because they were really nice at first 
And then what happened, it was literally, I think we had a blizzard in 1999. Okay. So the night the Rams won the Super Bowl. Oh, nice. Um, oh, yeah, because the uh, the coverage was spotty that night. Yeah. We lost I, the, we, the signal. I, I had to watch Super Bowl in a, in a van. Yeah, right. Um, and on a little one, one of those six-inch TVs. I listened to it. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't have one of yeah. those. And uh, a tree fell on their fence that night. And the next day, my dad gets an email, a voicemail. I don't think texting was a thing back then. But he gets email and a voicemail saying, your tree fell on my fence and I'm furious. And since then, they were pissed. What could your dad do about the tree? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah, it was just in our yard and fell, yeah, in the middle of the storm. That's, uh, there must have been something not connected yes, to them. Yeah, so they were, I mean, they, like, ever since then, like, we had the cops called on us one time because we fell in their yard playing hockey out in the middle of the street. Yeah. Cops called. Uh, they called the cops called over. The cops, yes. Kids playing a game Insane. falling into the yard. Yeah, yeah. We used to do a bunch of stuff. I mean, um, obviously, I grew up playing football. I played baseball for a while um, until fourth grade, and they told me I could hit someone with a lacrosse stick and mm. didn't have to stand out on the outfield and pick my nose. <sighs> Give me a lacrosse Lacrosse stick. is a fun game. Yeah, um, which actually Nick's dad kind of brought it to um, Hanover. Yeah, because um, nobody knew what lacrosse was at until all, Nick's dad brought at it. All. Yeah. yeah, and he started Blackhawk, and boom, it took off. And still popping, right? Yeah, and we were, we were all just football players playing lacrosse we had no idea what we were doing you just wanted to hit people they gave us a stick and yeah like, yeah go at it you can go we, hurt the other guy if we can yeah. get some athletes to play lacrosse we can have a good lacrosse team and we ended up having a pretty decent lacrosse team but it was always club it never became a school thing right it did uh my senior year oh wow um my senior year was the first year and then after that they had literally gone to this i don't know how many years it's been but maybe like four or five after i graduated they went to the state championship game and lost by a goal oh wow every single one that's um, crazy yeah my brother played goalie for two of those so that, that, that doesn't Pretty. seem fun to me, playing goalie lacrosse. Have you felt that ball before? It's hard, It's a hard ball, and you're not running around. At all. You're yeah. not mixing it up. You can only fail. Yeah, you're getting typically. hit, yeah. too. Yeah, he's bruised all over. Yeah. Um, or usually does. But, yeah, I could never do that, especially getting hit in the cup or something on a it, The ball's moving way too fast. Shot. Yeah. No, 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 no. Don't sign me up for that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we grew up playing sports, played quarterback my whole life, um, fell in love with, you know, football and the game um you want to go back to the uh, cul-de-sac yeah how did you guys make the fire in the in the cul-de-sac it was a little it's like a something you buy from home depot a little metal oh god uh, okay. i don't know what those things are called but we i mean it was contained right um but we ended up having those redneck parties that was after they left so they um, did leave you did they, they weren't in the neighborhood until you were 18 kind yeah of no they didn't i was i think i was young when they moved out um but yeah they moved they ended up moving and uh we started having these redneck parties where Everyone would come dressed up as rednecks, basically, and uh, have a blast. Like, and the kids loved it, too. I mean, I was a kid, and I we would just go out there and play uh, manhunt in the in the yards. We'd use the whole cul-de-sac and yeah, it's use fun. everyone's backyards to hang out. And, yeah, it was it was awesome. Well, and Nick, then, Nick grew up on a cul-de-sac, too. Yeah, and yeah. Nick's been – I mean, Nick was at every single one of those parties, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And then at one point, we had uh, German neighbors that moved across the street. Like from um, like German from German. Germany, yeah. I mean, the kids had no idea to speak any English. It was and it was funny because like we, I mean, we would we were kids too, and we'd kind of teach them how to speak and show them some video games that we play. And yeah, they yeah. Were like in all of it. Um, but we ended up turning the redneck party into like an Oktoberfest because <laughs> uh, they're Germans. In the yeah, Kansas yeah. So every single year we'd have an Oktoberfest. <laughs> that sounds more fun than yeah. a redneck party. Too. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Um, but yeah, that was, I mean, my cul-de-sac was awesome, and it's weird now, uh, like going back. To visit my mom and um just it's totally different there's not as many kids out there playing like we yeah. were literally every single day trikes and 
playing sports out in the yard. And, yeah, kids yeah. these days, I mean, there's still some of that, but it just there's too many things to distract them that l- cause them to not want to go outside. Oh, I'm not going to lie. We spent a lot of time playing video games too, but we did spend a lot more time, I think, outside. I think the biggest thing too is with a lot of that is cell phones. Yeah. And kids getting a cell phone or getting an iPad and never wanting to leave it. It's it's a problem. Yeah, it absolutely. really is. Absolutely. I mean, my uh, my parents are the grandparents of my three kids, uh, and they're like, uh, they will not allow cell phones out when my really? kids are with them. I'm like, I wish I had that level of intensity, but I'm I'm around them all the time. Like, you have to let you them have to. I mean, a little bit. It gives. I mean, it does so much. It has done so much, at least for the world in general, cell phones and technology. Um, and I mean, I use it every single day. I mean, that's literally my job is my phone. Right. Um, which. I also have problems with, you know, being on it too much too. Um, but that's, I mean, back, like what you were saying, I, I probably wouldn't give my kids a phone till eighth grade, at least, you know, when there's time when yeah. I need to actually get a hold of them type of stuff, um, when they start driving and going to places without me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice, but I've become my wife, especially as a helicopter parent. Yeah. And that, that's not great for the kids either <laughs> because I view my job and it's, it's hard for me to actually live this, but I view my job as helping my kids become independent. Yeah. And when you're constantly monitoring what they're doing, it's hard for them to be Absolutely. independent. So there's a balance yeah, in there for sure. Yeah, good balance. It's, yeah. hard, it's hard to find it at Absolutely. times. Absolutely. I don't have kids yet, but I was, at some point I will know what you're saying. But I know, at least from experience as being a kid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. So when you got into uh, middle school, high school, you were playing football. Yeah. Uh, uh, and you're, you're not a big guy. No. No. I. Uh, well, it's funny. My dad's 6'4". My uh, younger brother is six three. I'm five ten. Um, so I got my I got my grandfather's height. My brother got my dad's height. Well, five ten is average um, for an American absolutely. male. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like in middle school, I was five ten within um, sixth or seventh grade. I was massive. But you weighed maybe a, a buck what? Buck. Oh god. I mean, sixth grade, I was wrestling one hundred three. Uh, seventh grade was like one fifteen. Were you playing football in sixth grade? Yeah, we. I mean, we did everything. I was. You were weighing one hundred and ten during football season, yeah. maybe. Mm-hmm. That absolutely. had to be hard, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, my sixth grade year wasn't that bad. I was still playing. I didn't want to try out for the middle school team because I played quarterback, and what I was going to do go sit in third string. Yeah. Um, as a sixth grader, so I just played blue star. Yeah. Um, and I mean, sixth grade it wasn't hard to compete. And by the time I mean seventh grade, I had a huge growth spurt and was. 5'10", I mean, at least 120 pounds. And um, I was bigger than everyone for a little bit. Right. Bigger and stronger. I think I ended up getting like, I ended up getting a weight bench at uh, in seventh grade. All right. Because I was obsessed with it. And uh, asked Nick. I was stronger than Nick, too, back then. And Which is then, funny to look at Nick yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And then never grew again. Yeah. Oh, man, that's brutal. Yeah. Yeah, very brutal. Especially if you yeah. love football. Absolutely. I, I always say my biggest regret was not wrestling in high school. Because I was... We were pretty damn good. Um, yeah. A lot of us, like me and all my friends, and that was probably my best sport just because I think I was stronger than a lot of people, too. And, right. Um, I was pretty good at it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Did yeah. You knew Nick in uh, sixth grade? Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, Nick since kindergarten. Okay. So, yeah. So, uh, you, Alec, you meant sixth grade. Yeah. Nick uh, didn't play Blue Star. No. So, I actually, my first year, I followed him he played ashton vikings and he was like come play with for us because it was my first year of tackle okay i had played flag at the ymca i think in third grade right and uh i so i went and played ashton vikings and i think they had like this is to go they're here there's a good one back to me uh being small uh went to go play ashton vikings went to play with nick's team wanted to play with nick's team and instead of playing with nick's team i think the first day we were out there they're like 
you four, you're too small. You're going down to the, I was like Pee Wee or something. So they separated you from Nick. Separated me from Nick. Went to some, I had a team I didn't really know anyone on. Um, Me and my, actually my buddy, Michael Field, I grew up with also in Ash Creek. He was on that team too. Um, But I remember going out there. I knew I wanted to play quarterback and they, you know, they've, kids out there the first day like they're just testing out positions well and everybody wanted to play quarterback oh absolutely yeah i think uh we're they were like testing me out at wide receiver i caught a pass and threw it back and the guy goes whoa that's a spiral whoa yeah a little fourth grader throwing a spiral he's like he's playing quarterback and that's kind of how it took off yeah that's cool yeah quarterback's a fun position it's a lot of fun a lot of pressure um i for a lot of it like i a lot of coaches called me, I guess, ice in the veins because I was very just chill, kind of relaxed. Yeah. Um, I think that was also came comes with playing on some crappy teams too. And I mean, that Ashton Vikings team was one in seven or something yeah, like that. We're getting smacked, and I'm fourth grade, just boom, 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 taking hits everywhere. Yeah, because they didn't um, know how to block, probably. Yeah, absolutely that. not. And then, um, like, I played freshman quarterback too since. I couldn't be a starter in varsity as a freshman, and uh, that was also really fun. That's some of the best football I've ever played uh, freshman just because it was kind of mess- messing around me. My buddies used to um, – Coach Thompson would hate me saying this, but we used to have uh, hot routes. We used to run little audibles. That he, uh, that he didn't know he about. He had no idea. Um, and <laughs> he, think, he knew it once you ran it, though, right? Oh, uh, one – it was – we got through one game, one full game, maybe two. Um, of doing it until he said, what are you guys doing? The hand signals. What is that? <laughs> oh, he got pissed. Oh, you had hand signals. He got pissed, yeah. Were they pretty obvious hand signals? Uh, a little bit. I mean, a little tap on the head, yeah. <laughs> maybe tap on the foot. and uh, If he's paying attention, he picks well, up. He was a soccer coach, and it was his first time coaching football. Uh, and we, I, I just remember, like, I think it was one game. We played Glen Allen. We were freshmen. Glen Allen, that was when they just started. It was the first year of high school, so they had freshmen and sophomores. Right. And they could only field a JV team. I don't know why they signed us up to play them as a fresh as a freshman team, but we did. And, of course, they're playing on Friday nights with the band, and it's like, oh, wow. this is their varsity football. And we go in, and, I mean, they're older than us, and we got smacked. Yeah, there's a big difference between 15-year-olds and 16-year-olds. Absolutely. Yeah. And I uh, I think we were down, like, by 40 points, and I'm like, could I, I turned to one of our assistant coaches. I said, do you think Coach Thompson will let me call plays for one drive? And he said, oh, let me ask him. And I said, oh, no. Goes ask him. Thompson comes over and just rips me a new one. Uh, he should have let you do it. I know. Just give me one. You're getting just, killed. Just, yeah. Just Who cares? For, just to do it, you know. Friday Night Lights as a freshman, though, that's kind of cool. Oh, absolutely. Until they started kicking your, yeah, your butts. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, I had some some good football memories just – not many championships. I guess I've, my freshman football, I couldn't play on some championship teams um, or JV, obviously, but I had a good, a lot of great football memories. Uh, do you know why Nick played for the Vikings? I don't really know. He told me Honestly. this story uh, yeah. when we recorded, but it was off recording. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think I can share it on the recording. Yeah, absolutely. His, his dad is a Washington Redskins fan. Mm-hmm. And he said, there's no way my son's playing with a star on his helmet. That is great. <laughs> it was fun. I mean, Ashley was fun. It was not fun driving 30 minutes to practice, but yeah. besides that, it was it was a lot of fun. And at least you got to meet some new people. Actually, uh, my second client was my teammate at Ashton Vikings. Really? Yeah. He uh, played at UVA. Eli Handback. He played at Patrick Henry. Okay. Uh, played at UVA. I think he played literally started 55 games and what position didn't miss he? a game. Uh, defensive tackle. Okay. He was that COVID year and didn't end up. Um, basically didn't get anything after the draft and uh, gave it literally two or three days and said, you know what, I'm going to go get another degree. 
Mm. And he already had two at UVA. Wow. I was going to get another one from William Mary. And I think he's about to graduate actually here soon. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it was pretty funny. He was literally my one of my best friends in fourth grade and one of my teammates. That's wild. Ashton Vikings, yeah. Is he, does yeah. he still have uh, dreams of playing in the prize? No, I think they're – I mean, he's super smart. And yeah. He gave – again, like I said, he gave it three days of – be trying to get him an opportunity somewhere. He was just like, I don't want to wait. You know, yeah. I'm going to go get my degree. Well, if you're a smart guy. There are plenty of things Absolutely. you can do. Yeah. And he was fine with it. What's he want to do? I'm not even sure. Professional um, student, maybe? No, I think, I think his master's was in marketing, possibly. And I think he's going to get his MBA somewhere or at William Mary. Okay. Um, but I'm not 100% sure. What maybe he wants to do. be an entrepreneur? Yeah. I think that's what he wants to do. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I think athletes are born entrepreneurs yeah in a way you're you're definitely willing to take risk to get to that to get to that level a lot of guys don't want to have a boss either right um, since they've had a coach on their ass for you know x amount of years for how long they played football yeah everybody gets to a certain age they don't want to have a boss yeah absolutely yeah yeah Yeah, that's cool (laughs) all right so uh did you play i think you were telling me when we uh chatted a few weeks ago that you ended up not playing through high school yeah um Go, so literally going into my junior year, my first year in varsity, because uh, I played freshman quarterback, JB quarterback, um, going in, going into that August. Well, actually that summer, I was having back problems like squatting. Um, and I remember just going through those morning lifts and just being like, you know, some days it felt good, some days it didn't. Um, and then we got to August and I made it through. I think like the first day I was fine. Second day, I was kind of tight. My back was very tight. Third and fourth day, it was miserable. Yeah. Um, could barely move i remember the last thing i did was we were doing uh back pedals up a hill mm. and i just locked up and i said coach i can't do this anymore um and ended up yeah having went and when got an mri i remember the first person told me it was just a muscle injury and i said no there's no way there's no yeah. way there's a muscle i mean i didn't i've never really had an injury my entire career i mean i had a I actually had a stress fracture in my shoulder from i'd go out there and not warm up in fifth grade and just start throwing bombs that'll, that'll and that'll do it yeah. i played a whole season in sixth grade with it my entire sixth grade mm-hmm. season I mean, we weren't passing that much but um but that was like my only injury i ever had and i did not think it was a muscle injury because i've obviously had muscle injuries too um and i was like no I went to another doctor got another mri and they were like yeah it's possibly that you have a herniated disc here um and that's what ended up happening i had two herniated discs i actually have an extra disc in my sacrum, um, surprising. I don't know what you, that's you, you from. You mean you were born with that? Born with extra disc, yeah, my oh, sacrum. Wow. Um, and it's not like a family thing either. It was just random, Yeah. Um, which that could have played a part in herniating my discs. Right. Um, well, describe herniating. What is herniating? Basically when the disc between the vertebrae kind of either splits, which mine kind of tore, mm. and then will extend out. Mm. So like it'll touch you know it'll extend out from the vertebrae and touch nerves and hit nerves and those nerves are super oh, sensitive to that part of your body yeah and thankfully it's gotten better over the years but like back then like when i was 16 when that was happening like i could i couldn't stand for that long because i could feel there's my legs getting numb and my feet getting numb same thing with like sitting it's gotta be scary um, as a teenager oh absolutely and then at 16 years old for them to tell you that uh you can't have surgery and this is the worst it's going to get so you could either play and not complain or complain and not play and i tried playing and just wasn't the same yeah uh at all i remember sitting on the remember going in because i used to go to pt before school like 7 a.m or whatever and i remember sitting on the table and looking over to the guy next to me he said what's 
what's wrong with you? What's your injury? And I said, I have 280 discs. He said, so do I. It only gets better without with surgery. Mm. And I was like, shit, that's, I can't get surgery. Um, so basically I had to plan for the golf match at 45 and not, you know, my, my dream was to play college football and I didn't care if that was D1, D2, D3. I just wanted to keep playing right. and figure out what I wanted to do afterwards. Uh, I didn't expect myself to make the NFL because, again, I'm 5'10". Um, but that just having that, I mean, that was my love. That was my passion. Having that take it away at 16 was kind of insane and going through that. Um, and I didn't want to give it up, but I had to. Um, so obviously, like I said, I turned to, you know, all my friends were getting recruited to college football. And I thought for a second, you know, I think I watched Jerry Maguire and, and loved it. Um, so this is happening in your junior year? Yeah, my junior year. watched Jerry Maguire and loved it. And, you know, I told Alec, I said, maybe I could represent you one day if I can't play football anymore. Um, and you guys are super tight back then. Super tight. Yeah, I said the same thing to Nick. Um, Ty Burris. I don't know if you know Ty Burris. I know the name, man. One of the best athletes of all time, and I, we could save that for later, but he could have played anywhere in college. Um, and, you know, that just having that taken away from me sucked and trying oh, to figure I, it out. So I played football yeah, in high yeah. school. I can't imagine that happening yeah. to me. I mean, it's it was my love, you know, and even, just, even if I was just able to play those last two years, that would have been awesome. Um, but, you know, messing around with being an agent and uh, talking to my friends about how I could possibly represent them at some point. Um, and it was just a thought and kind of idea until... Did, did you know what a, an agent was or what they did? Based off Jerry Maguire. <laughs> and uh, my my one of my coaches actually asked me to... He's like, you got to watch The Dotted Line. And I was like, what is that? And so it, was, it was an ESPN 30 for 30 on agents. Um, and they go through the guy who paid Reggie Bush, um, who got all his national championships and the Heisman take it away. Right. Um, and a bunch of other guys. And actually they followed, um, my coworker currently, which is kind of a small world thing. He was the guy who hired me as an intern with my first internship. Okay. Um, so they followed him during that too. And that's really what that gave you kind of a, more of an insight than a Jerry Maguire would into like what an agent does. Um, so I had a good idea and it was kind of just a thought at, at first. And then my dad, told me to make a LinkedIn. Um, and I think that was like the spring of my junior year. So like when I was, I think I tried to play lacrosse and couldn't do it either. Yeah. And, uh, you know, put up aspiring sports agent, aspiring NFL agent. You're the, da, 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 you're da, the only da, da. kid in your high school putting that out into the universe, right? Probably yeah. with a LinkedIn, I, I think. And that was just Or my, just in general. My dad was one of the best businessmen that I've ever met in my entire life. Okay. And I was like, you got to, I mean, if you want to do this, start a LinkedIn, why not? Yeah. Um, so I did it. I randomly out the blue i think i had it up for like three or four months out the blue someone reaches out to me and says as a high school coach and he says i have three former college standouts that would or four that would like to are looking for representation or trying to get to the nfl or cfl and i was like why is he my my bio says aspiring. how old are you at this point 16 yeah my bio says aspiring sports agent for a reason you know yeah, i don't know why he's, why he's reaching yeah. out to me um and i was like dad look at this and he's like holy shit you should look into that and so I looked into being an NFO agent. You had to have a degree beyond a bachelor's. Right. But to be a CFO agent, all you needed was uh, pass an exam and pay a fee. And I, Dude, when I was 16, I couldn't fathom doing what you were talking about <laughs> at 16. <laughs> and uh, I, I, really, my dad just pushed me to do it just because it was – I mean, I had all the time in the world. I was still going to – I went to every single football practice um, throughout you know my junior and senior year too you just loved it that much yeah absolutely i just wanted to be around it yeah. um but you know in my spare time i didn't have anything else to do i mean i was coming home and 
uh, wasn't sweaty or anything. You know, obviously still showered, but um, you know, I had some time, and my dad really pushed me uh, just to find a passion, kind of, and uh, that was what that became. Um, so I actually ended up looking into it, reached out to the CFL, and uh, I think like the next day, I sent them an email. The next day, they got back to me and said, uh, "We've never had a 16-year-old." Uh, apply but we could check in or 17 i think at the time or a 17 year old apply but we'll check to see with our legal team and see if we can do this an american no less yeah yeah and uh got back to me the next day and said yeah here here's the exam which actually the cfl does it different than nfl the cfl is a written exam open note they just send it to you and you get i think it's like three weeks to do Mm -hmm. it um so it was a lot of me just going through the cba and uh, you know, finishing the test and it was just literally writing like the NFL is multiple choice. You get three hours. Um, and it's, I feel like the NFL is a lot more information, but the CFL is just, you have to write it out and explain it rather than picking multiple choice. And um, is it uh, rules of the league plus law plus rules of the league, things that you can get in trouble for as an agent? Um, obviously things you can't do negotiating contracts, um, Everything that you could possibly think of NFL-wise, that's what it is. Um, You know, injured reserve stuff, literally all the rules. Um, CFL, the CFL was actually, I mean, it's just a way different game, um, which was, I mean, like, if you ask me now what the CFL rules were, I I have no idea because I don't have any CFL clients, so I don't have to know. Their end zones Um, are massive. End zones are massive. They they can run towards the line Ten more yards, I think, wide, too. Yeah, it's a huge field. they could, yeah, they run towards the line of scrimmage. That yeah. motion's crazy. Um, and there's also, I think there's 12 players, but it could be totally yeah, wrong. Yeah, I've, I've watched the CFL yeah, game before. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, ended up, you know, I think the exam took me two or three weeks. Um, all you had to do was get above a 75%, which was pretty doable. And, and you could also retake it, which was unbelievable to me, too. Uh, could you take it, a, like, an infinite number of times? Or no, you only get two chances, then you had to reapply and pay a fee again. Okay. Um, they just wanted to make it the, the fee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, I mean, I passed it the first go-round. Um, you know, I had four clients. Uh, the same four clients? Same four guys that had with the high school coach that I reached out to. And me. how old were these guys at the time? One guy was actually 32. Wow. That was my oldest. And he, he was actually, he played in the major league, he played major league baseball for like seven years. Hmm. And then he didn't play football at all in high school. And which is six, six, you know, massive human being. Yeah. Know, was playing arena league and reached, you know, obviously was part of those four guys. Um, but yeah, he was 32 years old. He didn't end up making, he played in the arena for like five more years. Uh, didn't end up making anything. Yeah. Um, and then two of my other clients didn't make it. One my, and my one client ended up making the CFL. Um, so that was, I actually negotiated my first contract at 17. So you had a guy in the CFL yeah. before you graduated high school? Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's well, awesome, I wasn't man. taking any money from him. I, uh, I told him I was just doing it for experience too. So yeah. I didn't charge him. Well, it's invaluable. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And these guys trusted a 17 year old at that time. Um, well, they, they got to know to do you. That. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I I think I did more for them than, I mean, that's what they told me than their 45, you know. The 45-year-olds knew the, what the bare minimum was. Yeah. And a lot, I mean, now that I've kind of, the hardest part about this industry is you can't help every, everyone. Yeah. Because um, at the end of the day, like, to get a drafted guy, I mean, that training before the combine training, before the, before the draft and before the combine, before the pro day, I mean, we're paying on average, probably $40,000. Um, so you have to know that you're 
going to be able to get that money back. It's a real investment. Yeah. yeah. Um, or you're, you know, you're on the hot seat and you lose your job or you can't feed your family kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so like I always, you know, tell guys, I'll talk to anyone. I'll help anyone. I'll give you advice. Um, but the crappy thing is you can't help everyone. Right. Um, but yeah, the CFO thing was a lot of fun. I actually, my, I had a Dan Waldschmidt, who's one of the most insane business strategists, uh, in the entire world, uh, multimillionaire, he uh, actually hired me um, in high school, hmm. basically as their sports marketing department. I didn't wasn't really super involved with him. Um, How did you guys connect? He, him and my dad worked together. So my okay. dad did litigation, um, a lot of litigation services. So he owned a copy shop, and Philip Morris was always getting sued. So he did a lot of litigation work for them. And Dan worked in litigation before he started doing business strategy. Okay, and. Uh, Dan actually, when I was graduating from Florida State, he, I was looking for a job when I was gra- trying to graduate from Florida State. I was taking four classes, studying for the NFL exam, which was in August. I took, or July, and I took the exam before I graduated, actually. Um, was in July, and then I was trying to figure out where the hell I was working. Because there's no, what I realized earlier, there's no one hiring an agent out of, high, out of college that doesn't have any clients. Right. Um, even if I had all the connections at Florida State, they were going to hire me. So I reached out to him and I said, you know, basically, what do you think about starting an agency? And he called me the next day and said, you know, let's do this. Um, connected me with Marcus Colston, former wide receiver with sure. the Saints. Yeah. Um, he had actually, he had, he he was really cool. His career was really cool. He actually started like four or five businesses while he was playing. Um, and was I always, I always the, had the impression he was a good guy. Yeah, one of the first like entrepreneurs, NFL kind of guys and uh he introduced me to him as well as uh jill stelfox who's the vp of zebra technologies and they do all of the gps systems like the actual technology okay. for the nfl oh, nice. um, so they say like amazon i think amazon does the stats part zebra does the actual technology of it right um so we negotiated for about three months and until like september of that year and marcus was basically like you know i'm too busy with my other businesses and i'm out kind of thing and literally the next day I got offered a job from the uh, agency I interned with okay kind of signed from God you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah. do you wish the, uh, the the your own agency had worked out I mean I, I think the answer has no to, you're glad it didn't no uh I'm glad it didn't only because I mean this industry is just so competitive that no. I've, you know and number two like I've learned a lot from working with other people and especially I mean my our CEO was done this for 25 years negotiated over a billion dollars in contracts mm-hmm. um i mean he's repped bruce smith work done um ray lewis like von miller you know some big name guys and like the biggest yeah names. learning from a guy like that is invaluable yeah. all right let's back up to the junior yeah, in high yeah, school yeah uh you knew you wanted to be an agent you you assume you were going to play football mm-hmm. ever again you're really tight with alec yes yeah alec is talking to a few schools yep but he's a teenage kid, mm-hmm. very supportive parents, but it's still mostly new. Yeah. At what point did you know you were going to go to the same school Alec went to? When he got the first offer from Maryland, um, that's when that's when I knew. I was like, holy crap, It's this has actually happened when he got his first offer. I think it was the spring of, spring of our junior year, so after I herniated my discs and before I you know, actually put out the LinkedIn profile. Um, and I remember going, like I went – to visit Maryland, like that's how serious I was, and <laughs> toward the campus. And you and Alec must must be and must have been super tough. Absolutely, yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, and then I hit the 
offers just flooded in. It was the floodgates opened after that. He got one offer, and then within— He was a stud on both sides within, of the wall, Yeah, within two or three months, he had Auburn, Alabama, and Florida State, you know, yeah, it's crazy. everywhere in the country. Um, and I literally think that spring, like three months after that, he committed to Florida State. Um, Did you have any influence in that at all? Not at all. Yeah. Not at all. I, I mean, honestly, I would— would have I guess at that time I would have preferred Maryland just because it was closer to home. Right. Um, but at the same time, I mean, it was Florida State, and they had literally were about to win a national championship. Um, so I was yeah, like, you're, when you were seniors in high school. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was, I was. Oh yeah, man. That it was Jameson's freshman year. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't ever envision myself again. I said I wanted to get out and not go to like a Randolph Macon or a JMU or um, somewhere in Virginia, but Florida State was far. Um, but. You know, I was like, this is the best for my career. We're going to have some fun. I get to have a job with the team, most likely. Um, and that's what, you know, my plan was, and that's what I did. What did you do for the team at Florida State? Worked equipment. Okay. Um, so I worked equipment with the quarterbacks. I like to say that's the job next to the janitor. It's at least a thankless job. Um, so, I, I mean, it humbled me, at least. Um, and it was a good experience. I did it for three years. Worked with Everett Golson and DeAndre Francois, Sean McGuire. Yep. Um, was the year after Jameis left okay. so I didn't get to work with him um, but I mean invaluable connections that I've met there I mean I've both of my clients in NFL I've met them at Florida State all of my coaching clients I met them at Florida State besides Brian Shore who played at JMU national championship quarterback at JMU um, so that, I mean that experience was awesome um, and I like to say you know a lot of the guys who showed me respect back then get the same respect for me now um, I mean, there were some guys that were pretty disrespectful while he was working equipment, um, but it is what it is. Again, like it's it was it was a good experience. Well, man. young men will everywhere. Be, young men will be young men. Absolutely. Some some have yeah. tons of character, and maybe others yeah, don't have a absolutely. lot. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so, it, where's the line between needing representation? And I'm mostly asking. Uh-huh. Well, I think I'm asking for players and for coaches. Yeah. Where's that line typically for both players and coaches? What do you mean by if, line? like if you're if you're a Division three coach? Yeah. Oh, do you need representation? Yeah, if you're a head coach, absolutely. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's um, fascinating. Because you're gonna, I mean, the contract's probably gonna be a couple hundred thousand dollars. I mean, if it's a decent D three program, I and mean, we're talking about Eastern Washington, I mean, not Eastern Washington. I'm thinking FCS. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Randolph Macon. Probably not. Okay. Maybe like Mount Union. Yes. Okay. Um, although I mean, the, the Randolph Macon coach might need an agent only because he could be going progressing upwards. Um, you really don't need an agent as a coach until you get that first, you know, if you're looking for an OC job or a DC job. Um, and you're trying to make it to job, FC, FBS. That's really what you, you know, I mean, you need the coach to negotiate, or an agent to negotiate that contract. But if you're like, a, like my clients right now are, are GAs and some of them are QCs, they don't really need me. Right. You would look like an idiot if you had me reaching out to Nick Saban to get you a job as a GA. Right. Um, so I tell them, you know, once you, our position coach somewhere and have established yourself that's kind of when you're going to be able to use me okay at least connection wise and then contract wise all right so that's for the coaches what about players players aspiring to be in the cfl or nfl i think all players need an agent if they're trying to um once they get out of college just because a lot of guys just don't really know the process or how anything works um i mean a lot of guys i talk to there's something called the college advisory committee and it helps underclassmen decide if they want to leave for the NFL or not. So it's basically an evaluation from all 32 teams um, that'll basically tell you to what round you're going to go in or 
just to stay in school. So you as the player reach out to the CAC? No, so it's the it's through the school. Oh, okay. The school does it, and only five guys from each university can be put on that. Uh, um, but a lot of kids that I talk to have no idea. They've never heard of it before in their entire life. Um, so like I've heard of it tonight for the first yeah, time. Yeah, so they're like kind of dis. I mean, I don't know why. Number one, I don't know why they're taught about it. Um, I think really wise because there's only five guys from each school, so they might take, you know, the coach might say these five guys should probably put their name in. Um, and maybe that's why they don't really tell them about it. But that's just parts of, part of the stuff that I think why you need an agent because it's the education piece. Um, like Lamar Jackson does have an agent currently. Does not? No. <laughs> Which he should have had a contract already done before this year. Yeah, because he's in the middle. He's, he's in the in prime, his last year. He's in the prime time yeah. of making a bunch of money in his second contract. And he's in his last year of his rookie deal. Yeah, if he, and what also bothered me was him. He was playing basketball like all summer, and there was like videos of him playing basketball. And you're playing basketball. Why is he doing the that? year of? Yeah, just playing playing around with your friends, and yeah. I mean, that's how you get injured. And then you get injured off the field. In the NFL, you don't get paid. Right. Um. So like that, like. I think in situations like that, that's when you need an agent. That's when it helps a lot. If Lamar listens to this, uh-huh. could you be his agent? Absolutely. I yeah. think I could do it, be his agent. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. Uh, um, it's going to be a huge, it's going to be a huge contract. Oh, absolutely. Oh, the, I can't imagine the Justin Herbert one in two to three years. It's going to be ridiculous. Cause can Lamar negotiate his own contract? Does he, yes. does he, he doesn't have to have an he agent. He doesn't have to have an agent. So like Richard Sherman doesn't have an agent. Maybe I know he didn't have an agent when he signed with the 49ers when he left Seattle and signed with the 49ers for that contract. He did have an agent. He right. might have one now. Um, Bobby Wagner doesn't have an agent. There's only Bobby, f- Bobby Wagner's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, there's only five. That, I mean, Bobby, like within the past three years, I think fired his agent and negotiated his new contract by himself, which I don't, I don't recommend. Um, but there's like I think off the top of my head, probably like five guys that don't have agents in the NFL: uh, Jacoby Brissett, Lamar. Bobby Wagner and Richard Sherman are the only guys I know of. Huh? Yeah. Anything they have in common? No, I mean, a couple played at Seattle. No. Um, I mean, I know Lamar does it, or Lamar's mom does his marketing for him. They're very um, tight. I understand. Yeah. Which, I mean, at the end of the day, if you perfect your craft, marketing is going to come to you. Um, you might need, you know, an agent that understands the market for, you know, you posting something on social or you being on a commercial. Um, but at the end of the day, you don't really need a marketing agent to reach out to companies like there's, Lamar, I'm sure there's people coming Lamar to them. Lamar does not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. They're, yeah. He's just waiting. Yeah. Yeah. The contract, the NFL contract stuff and like playing basketball in a contract year is the stuff that I just don't understand. Yeah. It's uh, that's when you need an agent. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of money changing hands and I would think you'd want somebody who has expertise to, oh, absolutely. to help you. Yeah. 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 All right. So walk me through a day when you're the equipment manager of, of I'm, I'm saying yeah. equipment manager. I, Maybe there's a different yeah. uh, title to it. Equipment manager for the f- the football team or for the quarterback. Um, so obviously go to school. We go to school in the mornings. Uh, when, with Jimbo, we had practice in the afternoon, so we didn't practice till I think three thirty every day. So you're on the same schedule as the, the yeah. players. Yeah. So we had to schedule our classes around practice. Um, so I had all like morning classes, and then afternoon was football. So we'd get there. I probably get there around two o'clock, depending on my class. Um, also depending on the day. I took care of all the footballs. So like, and quarterbacks obviously want their footballs perfect and everything. So I went through the process of, you know, putting them in. We use shaving cream. I use leather conditioner. Uh, I'd run them through the dirt. I'd tie them to the, the little gator four-wheeler thing we'd have and, you know, run them through the dirt like that. It's better uh, for the grip, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. 
so like that's a, I, I did a lot of, a lot of stuff like that um and then just really just take it i mean thankfully i worked a position where there's only like four guys so that was a relief to me so i was really just in charge of those guys um but you know a lot of the times obviously we get big nike shipments so maybe we're sorting shoes or um we also had like shoes that were like we had cleats that were like five six seven years old that we would just held on to in like a storage storage room and they were all just thrown in somewhere and remember that day we had to go through this old dusty storage room of probably two thousand pairs of shoes and that's too many get shoes. them out of there and put them in like a put them in a tra- i think we donated them to florida high um but that was kind of my day and then pr- for practice obviously i have all the balls ready and for our guys um at practice i was in charge of spotting the ball uh that, i guess that's what the quarterback manager did so i was doing a lot of the hash left hash you know third uh-huh. down and four put Got it down it. there or something um you know also the funnest one was always the two minute drills because it's just me there's no refs putting the balls down so i'm full sprinting those guys are sprinting after the play's over right. i'm full sprinting yeah. too to put that you gotta ball be down. there with them yeah. i remember one time i uh it was rainy and i was full sprinting and i went to stop to put the ball down i stopped and i slipped and i can hear alec go get your ass up and he just grabs me and goes like threw me forward and I, I i ended up putting the ball down but i was like boom and just got out you were of spotting for alec most of the time yeah i mean alec was yeah the you would touch the ball and alec is yep, yep snapping it yeah yeah it's a lot of fun man i mean it's we had a lot of fun um off the field as well as on the field for sure at florida state were you guys around each other all the time except for class yeah we i mean we lived with each other like my freshman year i actually brought um my best one of my best friends joan Lyons. i he was gonna go to community college in west virginia i said there's a community college down in tallahassee buddy you know we could go to tallahassee and have some fun and he was like you know what let's do it i said i couldn't see you in west virginia but i could see you down here did he go to atley with you guys yeah he went to atley with us and Mm -hmm. i was like talked him into going to florida state so he was my roommate my freshman year um he ended up having too much fun and failing out and now he's in the navy (laughs) uh but yeah like the only year that me and alec weren't together was that freshman year every single year after that we think we ended up having three houses Mm. um over you know, four years, five years while we were there. What'd you study yeah. at Florida State? Uh, economics was my bachelor's degree, and then I got a master's in marketing. Uh, did somebody tell you that's basically what agents should focus on? I was basically told, don't take sports management. Mm, why, is was, it, why is that? Um, actually, it was from, this is a Jose Batista's agent. It was actually from Richmond. Um, really? Jose Batista's agent yeah, from Richmond? Yeah, Bean Stringfellow, and I forgot the other guy's name, but Bean's the man. Okay. Um, yeah, they're both from Richmond. And they're not a thing anymore, I don't think. Bean retired, and I think the other guy's in something else. Mm-hmm. Um, but Bean was like, you know, you already know enough about sports to not study sports management. The people that really study sports manager are someone that wants to be in, like, sports admin. Right. Or, you know, maybe even, like, a gym teacher would go study sports management. Um, go diversify yourself in something that, you know, numbers, marketing, something that's going to help you down the road and something that maybe could – be used as a backup plan if being an agent didn't work out what was more valuable to you you think either marketing or econ yeah i think economics um i enjoy learning about investing and how the market works and i feel like i mean my oh my guys are a financial advisor but i feel like knowing knowing that helped a lot um i was also really crappy at math in high school i didn't really like it and I ended up falling in love with it and falling in love with stats. It's crazy, and econ. Right? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Like, I, I hated finance. And I took a couple of finance classes, and it was just too black and white. Like, this has to go here. Yeah, in too this many box. Rules. Like, what? Yeah, no. too, weird. Give too, me yeah. 
the x minus you know seven z cubed squared whatever yeah give me that give me the trinomials and stuff like that and that's what i love doing and uh learning about the markets and the financial banking system i think that helped a lot marketing did help a lot only because it was in grad school and i was writing a lot um so writing a lot helped a lot uh especially in emails and just even um you know reading things and understanding you know the cba or something and not being a lawyer when you're saying CBA, what does that stand for? CBA is the uh, collective bargaining agreement. Oh, I should know that. NFL, I'm a football the fan. I NFL should know PA. That. Yeah, my bad. No, no, normal people don't. I, I would like to. It. I would like to think that uh, I'm such a good football fan yeah. that I should know that. But I, I, I oh, a lot of people don't. No you know, yeah. there are only 14 padded practices in the NFL per season. That's crazy. 14. Uh, I think it's it 15 now. It wasn't like that, like 25 no. years. ago. So that doesn't include August. But that's throughout the season. There's only so once the first regular season game kicks off, one one a week. Wow. Yeah. And and I imagine they're not hitting very hard even during that one padded practice. A lot of those guys make millions of dollars too. They're not. Yeah. yeah. A lot of those guys I imagine aren't going. That's why like August and minicamp is really the only reason, only way to showcase yourself that you know you could be a starter potentially in the NFL. Yeah. Um, a lot of those guys don't get opportunities like during the season because, like I said, there's only one. It's one all those practice. two or three weeks. Yeah. yeah. But it is really nice that I mean I've been through and seen college football and seen how much those guys get beat up and for nothing oh it's brutal in college. it's brutal it's brutal i mean that's alex career went down the drain because of it um oh he and nick both told me that they were forced. basically broken by the end of their college time yeah he had hip surgery and was forced to come back and he was 80 percent probably and yeah you know of course after the season he had to get another hip surgery and you don't want to draft no team wants to take a risk or draft a 21 year old kid who's had double hip surgery twice yeah um yeah and it, it's college football is just brutal, and it's really nice that you know the NFL at least takes care of those guys like that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think they always did, but way, oh, apps probably not. But back in the day, probably I don't think they were, were. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think this is controversial, but I think that the three-year rule in the NFL should be a thing. What is the three-year rule? Um, meaning that, and if a player can't enter the NFL draft unless they're three years removed from their high school graduation mm-hmm. date, um, guys like Saquon Barkley, like he was ready for the NFL at 18, 19 years old. His quads are ridiculous. And his career is what I think possibly over with, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, not he, over with, but, like, he's just been beat up. He's been injured a lot. Back yeah. and forth. Same with Christian McCaffrey. I mean, McCaffrey, since the last contract, since his big contract, uh, highest paid player or highest paid running back in the NFL, he's only played in 10 games, I think, or something like that. He's mm-hmm. missed 22 of 33. That's just a brutal sport, and yeah, especially brutal. running backs and offensive linemen. I mean, those guys just get beat up well, it's, every day. It's freakish athletes that can run really fast, yeah. are very strong, just yep. big. Their mass is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like, you you stood next to left tackles, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. They're, they're insanely big. Yes. And they're, they're running into each other directly yeah. in a lot of cases. It's crazy. Oh, in college, it's even without the shoulder pads, I mean, they go just helmets some days. They're... Helmets, helmets, helmets. Mm. Every single play, they're yeah. smacking helmets together. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's that's. I think that's the biggest, the CTE thing. The question with CTE, I think it's just more of just these guys playing too much, and specifically in college, and it's just over and over and over and over and over again them banging their heads together. Yeah, there's some uh, folks that like the the movie that had Will Smith in yeah. it. Yeah. The the two people that they showed. Well, I actually. I think it was repeated like linemen, just yeah. not not massive it's not shocks, massive hits, yes. But it's yeah. just repeated tens yeah. of thousands it's of times. It's not the wide receiver coming across the middle and getting hit by the linebacker. I mean, those cause concussions sometimes, but that's not the 
the CTE and the long-lasting brain injuries. Yeah. I think that comes from just repeated. Yeah, the, the two that they showed in that movie, yeah. one was, was the center, yeah. all-fame center, mm-hmm. Webster, and then the, I guess their right or left tackle. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah, super Very sad. sad. Yeah, and colleges can be brutal that way. Absolutely. I mean, it's they keep their jobs if they win. Right. And that's what they care about. And, and they win if they have hardened, tough kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... I mean, that's the kind of a, the deal we've had with, you know, some coaches don't like us because, you know, we're having their underclassmen leave. Um, so they don't get an extra season, you know, with that coach and be able to win games. It's, it's, it's pretty funny, actually, some of those. Well, they have agents that are uh, getting kids in some cases saying, hey, it's the best move for you to enter the draft now or make an attempt to go to the NFL. Uh, and they also have the transfer portal. Yeah. It's really hard to keep a they're also for four or five years. Some agents not like me, and they're telling the guy whatever he wants to hear and giving bad advice, too. Yeah. You know, there's some people like that. But Who was your first uh, NFL client? Uh, Gabe Neighbors. It was actually during that COVID year. He's uh, He plays fullback for the Los Angeles Chargers. How did you meet um, Gabe? Tight end at Florida State. Uh he went in as a fullback. Never got to chance. Never got a chance to play fullback in Jimbo's offense because they had a fullback there who actually got drafted. Uh, went to the Bears, but didn't play. I think he ended up playing like two seasons, and never got a chance to play fullback. And then once Jimbo got fired, he became Gabe became the starter. But Tagger came in and his offense didn't have a fullback, so he got forced to play that tight end. And I think I had this was my first year too, and to start recruiting. As a first-year agent, you can't start recruiting until October 1st. Mm. That's when our liability insurance hits. Um, so I couldn't start recruiting until October. I ended up getting Eli Hambach, who we just talked about, Gabe, and then I had a safety, Adam Smith from James Madison. And Eli and Adam didn't really pan out. Um, but Gabe was honestly, Gabe surprised me the most because he had two calls, a total of two calls from scouts throughout that process. And Eli Hambach had about 20, yeah. 22. This man had two calls. And he, we had ended up, you know, his pro day got canceled. He didn't get invited to the combine, so he had no chance of like being seen. And we were kind of panicking because we had no idea what was going to happen with COVID because this is the middle of March. And oh, this is right when the pandemic, started. right when it happened. Like I think, I remember the NBA got canceled. I think it was like March 14th or something. That's when I, I say that's when the the COVID COVID started. That's when it started. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so pro days all got canceled. I'm like, damn, I got three guys that are probably free agents, and how are they going to be seen? by scouts um so what i actually you know i told our ceo i was like i could definitely figure out a way to have a pro day here in richmond and i ended up doing it uh in chesterfield i forgot what that place is called they had a bunch of uh turf fields out there but i ended up doing it out there we actually had a former 30-year scout who was from northern virginia that we paid to make everything more legit and have the scouts at least trust this guy's hand um and gabe was just incredibly athletic. I honestly didn't know how, how athletic he was. At 6'3", 245 pounds, he ran like a 4'6", jumped. Uh, 30. You, you had no idea because they I just didn't, didn't do those they sort didn't of really, measurables? No, not in college. And they didn't really use Gabe that much. Like Gabe, I think he only had, ended up having like 200 yards in his career. He, he wasn't had, beat up? Yeah, he wasn't beat up. He only had like two carries his whole career too. Um, his, his senior year was a lot better than every other year, I think. I think he had like 50 yards total and then ended up having like 250 after that year. I interrupted um, you. What was his vertical? 38 inches, um, <laughs> which was ridiculous for a 245 that size, 245 yeah. pounds. Yeah, that's He's crazy. the second biggest fullback in the league currently. Um, the only bigger one is Ricard, Patrick Ricard, who was a former defensive lineman. Who's a he, giant human being. Yeah, he's 
three the other and Gabe's taller than him. He's just weighs more than him. He's three hundred pounds. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, Gabe. I mean, literally on draft day, the Dolphins actually called or texted me and said, "Hey, we're out." Um, when you say the Dolphins texted you, who who not by name, scout. but what guy? Another scout. Dolphin scout. Yeah. Okay. He, so he texted me and he talked to me beforehand because those are the two teams. The only two teams that called Gabe were the Chargers and the Dolphins. Dolphins texted me in the fifth round. You know, we're out. We got someone that I think we're gonna take. You know, good luck. Da 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 da. I immediately, I immediately texted the Chargers and I said, "Hey, the Dolphins are thinking about offering here. What do you what do you think?" Within two minutes, called me and said, "Hey, what do you think he should get? We're ready to sign. You know, he got it done in the fifth round, which was got it done. He didn't get drafted in the fifth round, but got a free agent signing um, in the fifth round because a lot of that happens before the draft is even over. Right. A lot of those guys are trying to find PFAs. Um, so you know, we agreed to it and. He's had a pretty decent career already. FA free agent. What's P? Um, that's a PFA. Yeah. PFA is priority free agent. So priority. it's just you're more of a priority. You're the guy they would give a signing bonus to Got it. Um, over the other free agents. And you show up to camp show in up, the summer. Yeah, he showed up to camp, and there was only one other fullback there. We were kind of nervous because the guy was yeah, was pretty good, a pretty damn good blocker. Like Gabe's specialty is, I mean, he's just athletic. He's a good blocker too, but he was just, I mean, one of the best route runners I've ever seen at 245 pounds. Um, but he ended up making the team. He ended up, you know, scoring two touchdowns last year, which was pretty awesome. That's cool. Um, you had to be going nuts for oh, well, touchdowns. 24 years old and like week three having a client score a touchdown. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, I remember, I, I, I think I missed the first one. Me and my dad were watching, like, holy shit, that's Gabe. And I, I was like, rewind it, rewind it, rewound it, watch it again. And yeah, it was, it was great too because, um, he had like back-to-back penalties the weekend the weekend before, and he's the type of guy that just eats at himself. And he was just lo- I could tell on TV he was losing his mind. And we actually uh, I'm going to plug my agency here. We're the, one of the only agencies that pays a sports psychiatrist to work with all our guys. Mm-hmm. And I called Doctor Martin. I said, I don't know if you're watching the Chargers game, but I need you to talk to Gabe. Um, literally talked to him on that Monday, and the next week scores his first touchdown, and the week after scores the second one. So that's awesome. Yeah, really cool. How's the season going this year? Pretty good, man. Um, he's he actually. I went to some of my other client plays the Chiefs, and I went to Kansas City to watch both of them play each other. Um, he hasn't scored a touchdown yet, but he actually scored in that game, and he got called back. Um, What's his name again? Gabe Neighbors. My no, not Gabe. I'm so sorry, my other client, Josh Kando. Uh, yeah. He's which he was. He's a totally different story. I mean, Gabe was the lowest rated recruit in his recruiting class. Josh was, I think, the highest. I mean, he was a five star out of IMG top five player in the country. He was ranked higher than Chase Young. Um, How did you land him? He, 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 four different position coaches at FSU. He was there. His freshman year was Jimbo's last year. So he left. Tyra came in. He had a new, totally new position coach. Tyra got fired. He had another totally new position coach back to back years. And then he, uh, you know, his best season was his sophomore year. He, and he, uh, in the middle of the year against UVA, he actually broke his leg, Oh, broke his leg. He had a couple of concussions, just had a lot of injuries. Um, not anything that's like major, major besides that broken leg. Um, so like teams were willing to take a risk on him because he's six six, two hundred sixty pounds, five percent body fat, mm. ran the same forty as Gabe. Um, I think he jumped thirty seven, which is some ridiculous. And yeah, he's created players like that. Like what I like and to is say, he, he's getting nice playing time. Yeah, he, well, he actually he was playing like throughout week six, and uh, they have Chris Jones, and they were playing Chris Jones a lot of D end and D tackle at the beginning of the year. He's maybe the best defensive lineman. In yeah. Oh, he's. He's balling right now. Yeah. Um, but they had – I was at this game. It was against the Eagles in Philly. 
and they basically Chris was running off the field and I think Spagnola grabbed the first guy that he could and that was Kendo and Josh went in there and he didn't realize that he was going to be playing D-tackle Chris Jones was playing D-tackle at that point and this is just a I guess mistake on the coaching staff and I mean he's too small to play D-tackle especially inside and ended up rolling his ankle and had a high ankle sprain yeah um and that was I mean I'm Honestly, I expected this year for him to be like a redshirt year because he just does, needs to learn so much more that, that he hasn't learned at FSU right. um, just with that staff and not being with the same people. And I was totally fine with this being a redshirt year. So actually, the NFL rules when you're on injured reserve, it's three weeks until you can come back. He's been healthy for probably the past four, but I'm not sure if they want to. You basically don't have to be brought back up unless they want to bring you back up. Right. So he could be on injured reserve for the rest of the the, uh, the season, at least. Is he being paid on IR? Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're being paid. So, like, it's actually weird. This is where it gets specific. Why agents exist, one of the reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a thing called a split, which basically means if you're on IR, you get roughly about half your salary. Mm. Um, so Josh, and that's basically any rookie most rookies in that first season will have a full season split meaning if they get injured in any time of the season and on ir then they're going to get paid half the amount um for all the weeks that they're on ir um the big thing is to kind of get rid try to get rid of those splits in the years following so like next year which is really nice most guys have a full split in year two too he only has a preseason split so if he gets hurt in the preseason and then any weeks beyond that that he's on ir he gets paid in half but if he gets hurt in the regular season next year and he's on IR, he gets paid in full. So it's a better contract. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Way better contract. I mean, that's another $200,000, $400,000. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I interrupted you. You were at the Kansas City uh, Chargers game. Yeah. And Gabe uh, scored a touchdown, but it was called back. Called back. And then I interrupted you. Yeah. He was called back. Uh, Jared Cook had a, I think he was lined up wrong. And I was out at that game just seeing both my clients play against each other was really cool. But Super cool. Oh, yeah. Very cool. And being on the field at the same time. I would just have loved to see Gabe score a touchdown. Um, but besides that, I mean, they've been playing pretty well. Chiefs are actually playing pretty well now. Um, I think they have to worry about the Patriots in the AFC. The Patriots look good. They, look they, they good. threw the ball three times I'm, last night. That was unbelievable. It's first I time since 74. I cannot believe that one. I think it's the yeah, it's the lowest like in the last 50 That's, years. That is some Belichick stuff to do that, too. Oh, he when he, he saw it. high wins, he's like, yep, I know what I'm he doing. He loved it, too. Oh, he, yeah, he absolutely loved it. It's it. probably the happiest he's been in yeah. years. I was telling, I was telling Josh today, I just can't imagine playing defense against something like that. I cannot imagine them just pounding the ball. It's brutal over and over and over. It's cold and over and, yeah. and you know they're going to run. You're getting distraught. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> brutal, brutal. All right, so how many agents are in your uh, firm? Probably about eight. Okay, I believe eight. That's um, that's lower number than I figured. Yeah, I'm. A, I think it might be around ten. Um, yeah, it's probably nine or ten. Uh, we're spread out all over the country. You can live um, anywhere in the country. In yeah, realistically, yeah. I mean, we're always recruiting. We're always on the on the road, um, either visiting clients or out recruiting. Um, so I, I mean, what I usually recruit is Virginia down to Florida. I don't go farther west than Alabama usually, um, but it really depends on where my connection is. Uh, so obviously, like if there's a guy from Richmond and you know I know his dad or know someone that knows his dad or you know that's the type of guy i would go after that would be you know playing for maine or something um but most of the time i'm south how many clients do you have now i only have two nfl clients in the total yeah this is going this is my third year of recruiting i guess um and i have about five or six coaching clients oh wow um yeah the coaching clients is that's 
the big thing for me for the coaching clients is just I mean I believe in those guys and I think they'll end up being something and I mean they help me out too and I help them um, you know, the big the big thing I let them all do is we have we represent Von Miller so Von has his Pastro Summit every year and those guys love just we basically zoom it too um, the classroom stuff so those guys can learn a bunch from I mean and Von Von has an amazing personality De- too oh he's awesome yeah uh, Demarcus Ware is usually there every year and Demarcus also I, a great guy seeing him in person he, he could play tomorrow he is he could literally come back and he hasn't played in three or four years ridiculous right ridiculous looking yeah, yeah 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 and just learning from those guys like Josh was Josh went there and um, was able to learn from those guys since our agency put it on and he was just sitting there just like just jaw to the floor like realizing like how much stuff he has to learn yeah those guys are the elite of the elite. it's an art it's an art form at the end of the day pass rushing is it's an art form it t- requires a ton of skill yeah. uh physical prowess in the top 100th of a percent yeah yeah oh von's uh you can't teach a lot of stuff von does i remember like that super bowl super bowl sack fumble he held himself up with his hand on the ground as he was reaching and grabbing cam newton's arm and that's one of the most unbelievable things I've seen. It, it's like it's effortless for it. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Just yeah. the bend and to be able to do that is incredible. I, I like Vaughn better in Denver than I like him in L.A. now for some uh, reason. Yeah. Well, I, I'm a Rams fan, so I'm maybe a little partial to that. But so, yeah. but you started out as a St. Louis Rams fan. Yes. And if I are, are you are you bummed that they're in L.A. now? Or do you, no, you're, you're, I also don't. Okay. I also don't, I guess, care as much anymore since I got clients in the, yeah, that's fair. In the NFL. And I'm cheering for – more of the time watching the Chargers play since they're on the West Coast. So at those 4 p.m. games, I'm watching the Chargers rather than watching the Rams. Um, but I'll watch the Rams if they're, you know, Sunday night football, Monday night football. I, 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 I kind of want the Rams to lose. I've never been a hater of the yeah. Rams, but they, they seem to be trying to buy a Super Bowl. Yes. And, and frankly, my team's Tampa Bay we were talking like about basketball. before. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's kind of like basketball yeah. these days. Uh, Tampa kind of bought a team, too. I mean, they yeah. brought Gronkowski out of retirement. Obviously, they got Brady. Uh, and we won the Super Bowl, and I was very happy with yeah. that. But I, I don't want the Rams to do it the Just same do way. Do the same thing. Yeah. Well, I, honestly, I, I mean that that Patriots Super Bowl kills me. Both of them actually. But uh, the last one where they scored three points, they came in with the best offense in the league and could only put up three points in the Super Bowl. And I just I don't know if it's McVay or if it was golf at that point. But I just I can sense it and feel it that they're going to choke at some point. That's how I felt most of the yeah. time as a, as a Tampa fan. Yeah, <laughs> I would love for you to get a uh, Tampa client. Oh, I would. That would be awesome. That'd be super cool. That'd be right? awesome. Because you yeah. get to hang out. Do you hang out with the teams at all, um, or is it really just with your client? Just with my client. I mean, I go visit them. Um, I mean, I, I, my, I mean, Gabe was literally his roommate was Justin Herbert uh, last year. Oh, really? So like, yeah. Going Did they know each other before they made no, the team? No, they just were. I guess for friends throughout camp and mini camp, and they're about the same age. Yeah, ended up being. I mean, Justin's one of the most normal people I've ever met in my entire life. And he's, he's like so normal. It's abnormal. It's, yeah. It's, he's, yeah. he's a goofy, weird kind of dude. Super very smart. humble, very smart, um, very kind of to himself. But yeah, like going there and I mean, I think I got, like I met him and Gabe there in LA, like after their Monday night football game. And I think he had just got done throwing four touchdown passes or whatever, Monday night football and beating the saints. And uh, whoever passed him up, whoever needed a quarterback that draft and passed him up has to be. Yeah. Kicking livid themselves. With, yeah, absolutely. Super. That's what's it's, that's what's kind of funny about being in this industry too. There's no consensus grade on guys. You know, at the end of the day, it's human error and who you like better and yeah. who you know what guy. I mean, there's guys in, in the same building that disagree with each other. So at the end of the day, it's all that's what I say. It takes one team to fall in love with you. 
And sometimes it's a system and compatibility yep. with the culture and all that. Yep. Oh. Uh, a lot of things have to come together. The character stuff plays a huge role into it. I mean, I knew a guy last year who didn't get drafted because of a tweet. Mm. That was it. It's crazy. <laughs> Transferring See, too much. Seems minor. Yeah, it's um, it's pretty unbelievable. I mean, it's just they know what they want. They want a coachable guy who will listen, yeah. who won't go against the coaches, especially won't go like out in social media and say something about the coaches. Um and that's really what they want. Like if I, if I'm in an interview and I'm a scout and I ask you, you know, what would you be doing without football? And you tell me you want to be a doctor or something like that. That's not what I want to hear. I want to hear you say I would, I would lose myself if it wasn't for football. Yeah, I don't know everything. what I'd be doing. Yeah, because yeah. they have to feed their families and they want guys. Who they want to be hungry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So is it football only for you, or could you have clients outside of football? Um, I could. I would just have to pay another fee, pass another exam. Ah, got and basketball is just a different animal right now, um, at least like recruiting those guys. Like you, I mean, in this industry, you have to have money to make money because all those guys are going to get, number one, a stipend once they leave college, and number two, you know, during that training period, they're going to get a stipend, and they're also going to get their training paid for and their flights. And, yeah. and I mean, I mean, even Kyle Pitts. I think Kyle Pitts got a $1 million marketing advance before even signing mm. um, or for, but to sign with this, with just a marketing agency. It wasn't even right. just the agent. agent. Um, and it's just, I mean, basketball is just a different ballgame. I mean, those guys are getting, I mean, I can't imagine how much money Zion got. There are 12 um, guys on a team in the yes, NBA. Yes, it's only 400 50. guys. Yeah. Right. Um, whereas like baseball, there's too many guys, right? Way too many, you know, yeah. those, I mean, I are, we represent baseball players too. And our two best guys are playing their best ball and then their prime at 34 years old. Yeah. They played in the Korean baseball organization for their whole career. And now, you know, one of our guys is the best hitter on the giants and they're that's the crazy, best, right? Best team in baseball, but he's 34 and playing the best baseball. He's and ever and that's, that guy's one of the reasons the giants were good last year mm-hmm. out of nowhere. I don't think anybody expected them to be. Yeah. That not good. at all. Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. So I, I mean, I've thought about it. I think I'm going to focus on this NFL thing for a little bit and, and see where fun, it goes. It is a lot more. It, it is fun. There's a lot more guys. There's still not that many guys. I mean, there's only 1,700. And yeah, 53 times. That's why I say yeah. every year there's 250 guys getting drafted. There's 1,700 players in the league. Someone is losing their job at some point. So I, that's why I told my client he's 6'6", 260 pounds. I would be picking up every single rock to try to figure out what works for me, how I can make myself better, more than you know, just going out of the practice field. Well, what can I do? Yoga? Can I do meditation? Can I do acupuncture? Like that type of stuff to right. take care of your body and play like a LeBron James who's played for fifteen years. Mind, body, spirit, yeah. and yeah, absolutely. You, yeah. Your your body is a is a machine that is so worth a lot of money. It's making you money. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Take care of it. All right, cool. Uh, let's talk about your family. Yeah, um, you had mentioned your dad had passed away a few months yeah. ago. Uh, talk about your dad and what he meant to you. Oh, my my dad was the man. Uh, taught me everything about business. Obviously, I wouldn't be in this position either if it wasn't for him basically forcing me to be an agent. Um, super passionate man. And I think he was always a guy that I mean, co- was always just one of those kids, our dads that coached all the youth teams, was always out there. I think he ended up coaching like three or four lacrosse teams of ours. And he had no idea what he was talking about <laughs> lacrosse wise. It was just out there. But he was there for his kids. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It was the coolest thing ever. And, uh, I think my brother and I both get like our entrepreneurial spirit from him. Um, that's all he did. I mean, he's had, he's had some crazy jobs, but that was really all he did, you know, s- since he got out of college was um, be an entrepreneur. I mean, he started a, a copy shop, multiple copy shops actually downtown. Um, and they did, I mean, a bunch of litigation work. Eventually they ended up doing a bunch of litigation work. 
um, which made him the most of his money. But he Pre- was pre-internet. Oh yeah, and he, yeah. I, he used to laugh because you know basically in a copy shop, and I worked there one summer. It's the worst job ever because you're sitting there. I mean, Philip Morris would send boxes upon boxes and boxes of stuff, and what they wanted to do was have it run through a copier and put on a USB or put it on a hard drive somewhere, and it'd be like, you know, giant books. Thousands, thousands of pages. You have to remove the paper clips to push them through. Oh. There's some with some with staples. You have to take them out and move them through. And maybe I, the most boring job. Oh, I sat there for five hours and just looking at. Yeah, pr- you're pressing the green button is what he used to say. Um, but he, I mean, he was just so good at talking to people. Like he would sit in his office and call. You know, after he hangs up from someone else, he's calling someone else. After he hangs he up from someone else, he's calling someone else. Yeah. yeah, and he's just. I mean, he's made everyone laugh, made everyone smile, and that's why he was a good businessman because people loved him. Um, and that's what I, I try to do too. He built great relationships Absolutely. And, he, and he grinded. And he'd go out his way for people too. And I think that's why they were very loyal to him yeah. and kept him, you know, he, that's how he kept clients because people loved him. Yeah. He yeah. left, he left this earth too young. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, he taught me and my brother, I think everything about business. Tell me about your mom. My mom, um, my mom's great. Uh, she's, she was born in, uh, Roanoke, Salem, okay. Virginia. Um, so that's again, where all, all my, all my family's from that area, loves Virginia Tech. Um, my mom is one of the most caring people I've ever met in my life, um, obviously. And she would, again, do anything for anyone, uh, just like my dad. And I think that's why they loved each other so much is because they both do anything for anyone. Uh, my mom actually, which was awesome, when we were growing up throughout high school, she was a massage therapist. So like football injuries, like free, free massage therapist all the time. Um, she grew up doing massage. I mean, she did massage therapy, did essential oils, ended up stopping that, and now she's doing real estate. Okay. Um, you know, still live in the same house we we grew up in. She is um, where the redneck parties. Were yeah, happening. yeah, yeah. Totally different now. We were actually this funny thing. We were first house in Ash Creek on that street. Hmm. Um, I, I have pictures of just the whole thing. It's just woods, and then I saw one one lone house by itself. But yeah, we're the original. So she's the original, still there. If they didn't build other houses, you wouldn't have Oktoberfest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Redneck parties. Tell me about your brother. My brother is boy genius. Boy genius? Boy genius, man. I mean, he went to school for free at VCU, full ride. Okay. Honors College. Um, Was gonna, like, he's really good at lacrosse, too. Like I said, he played goalie for the state. And he's taller than you. He's 6'3", yeah. Um, And he was thinking about going to, like, McGill up in Canada, which sure. is, like, the Harvard, I guess, of It's Canada. where the uh, guard, right guard for Kansas City yeah. from a couple years yeah, ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, Tardif. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, he actually ended up applying and didn't get in. Hmm. His GPA was insane, though. I just don't, I don't understand how he didn't get in. Because he's not Canadian, maybe? Yeah, he, well, he, like, he applied, every, he applied there, Villanova, didn't get into Villanova, too. But then VCU, he applied to VCU, and I think that was his last option there, full ride, Honors College. Yeah, it's weird how that take stuff it. works. Um, but he he wants to get into politics and lobbying right now. Mm-hmm. Um, he's working for Dominion right now and doing really, really, really well. Uh, he's been working for Dominion actually since his junior year, I think being paid part-time. Okay. Um, but now he's full-time job with Dominion. But he wants to get into lobbying at some point. Huh. Um, he worked for Cozen O'Connor. I believe they're a lobby firm here in Richmond. He interned for them. Um, and I think he's about to get a job with them too. Um, but yeah, he's insanely smart way smarter you guys than are, you guys are tight yeah he's yeah yeah we're uh we're actually 
about to buy a house together oh, at some point here. Nice. So, yeah, okay. save some money. And, yeah. Um, I mean, we inherited a lot of money from my dad. So, like, being able to save that and being smart with it is sure. our best option. So, that's what we're, we're going to try to do. Right yeah. on. Right. But he's, he's way more uh, analytical and I guess I'm more ride seat of my pants kind of guy. And he's more just smart. And uh, I'm with you. Straight to this. Yeah. I'm with you. It's more yeah. fun. Right? Yeah, right absolutely. Your pants. Yeah. 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 Analytical. If, if it's your nature to be analytical, great. Uh, and, and analysts have their place, but it doesn't sound fun to me. Yeah, no, no. But yeah, he's, again, like he, he might be better, might be more accomplished than I am, honestly. That's all good. Well, he's your brother. Years he, old. He's your yeah. brother and you yeah. love him and you want him to do well. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. yeah. He's good, good competition. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I don't have a brother, so I don't know what that's like, yeah. but I imagine it would have been uh, good for me to, Absolutely. to have a brother. Yeah, Thank, thankfully I got my licks in too because he's 6'3 now. But yeah, he's not a small guy. Yeah, Not a small yeah. guy. All right, my, I have an occasional co-host that loves being yeah. here for sports ones, but he has a uh, close family member in the hospital, so he couldn't be uh-huh. here tonight. He's also a San Diego Char- or sorry, L.A. Chargers fan, uh, and so he really wanted to be here because yeah. Gabe is one of your clients. Uh, but he asks a question at the end of every uh, or most of our episodes. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'm going to ask it a little bit differently than he does. But you get to be a talk show host. It could be a late night show. It could be okay. a, a day talk show. And you get to pick three guests. Uh-huh. A male guest, a female guest, okay. a musical group or a solo okay. musical person. They can be alive or dead. They can be uh, thought-provoking. They can be entertaining. They can be funny. Okay. Whatever you want it to be. Who are your three guests? Three and you're you're the host. I think one would have to be Kurt Warner. One of them. Have you ever just, met him? I once. Okay. Met him once. I had a lot of autographs from going to St. Louis a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, I, yeah. I've only been there twice, but like St. Louis had a little thing where the players would park under a hotel um, underground and they'd walk up across the street and they'd be right there all the time and walk into the stadium. So I got a lot of autographs, but yeah, just Kurt, I mean his story is just insane. Um, just going from, I mean, he played in the European Football League to he was grocery put, store. Yeah, he was st- putting stuff on shelves in grocery Bowl. stores. Yeah, that story. Like I've, I don't know how many times I've watched that. What is it, America's Game about this about the Super Bowl teams? Well, and they're making team. like a like a Hollywood yeah, movie about it, which too. it looks a little cheesy, but it looks um, super cheesy. Um, I'm definitely gonna watch it. But yeah, his his story is just insane to me, and the fact that he wasn't even the starting quarterback that year either trent green was and right. Trent green tore, tears his acl in the preseason this guy who no one had ever heard of came comes in and wins super bowl and then becomes a hall of fame quarterback yeah i mean brady it's yeah. not brady without bledsoe getting hurt yeah. right so he was like one of my heroes growing up and i would definitely love to sit down with him not surprising you you gave us a football player yeah. for your male guest. um i'm trying to think of a female guest um Trying to think older too. I feel like can be from hundreds of years ago. Can be from somebody you met a few months ago. Can be famous or not famous. Hmm. I think someone like like I would love to meet um, like my my great grandmother, great great grandmother. You know, just see. I'm really interested in like my ancestry and where I've come from. And um, I mean, I'm Appalachia is where most of my family is from. Um, but I've hard, heard, hard living back then. Yeah, well, I've heard. I mean, I've heard a lot of stories about. I don't know if you've heard of Melungeons. Sure. Um, and I'm very interested. I haven't done like any of the ancestry stuff, but I'm very interested to see um, if I have any of that in me. Um, so, like meeting my, I think my great grandmother would be really cool. Mom's um, side or dad's side or does my mom's matter. side? My okay. mom's side. So my mom's side's from Appalachia. My my dad is from everywhere basically. I mean, they 
he was born in California, grew up in Wilmington. Gotcha. Um, the family got all over the place. I'm not really I'm honestly sure where. I know he's, his heritage is from Scotland, um, but I'm not sure ever, anywhere else. Um, and then music group. You, you can also audible, if you're a big person. comedy fan, you can give me a comedian if you'd rather do that. I honestly think Ronnie Van Zant. I okay. would love to meet Ronnie Van Zant. Um Just because, I mean, I think he's one number one misunderstood. He was misunderstood, at least. Um, and I don't know if you've seen that documentary on I've Netflix. I've seen a couple. Of, I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's fantastic. I mean, he supposedly, when they wrote Free Bird, um, he walked in one day and they used to play in that little shack and it was no AC, nothing. They're just high school kids. Yeah, yeah. and they would play in the shack and the guy was, the, whatever the guitarist's name, I forgot his name, but he was doing the Freebird riff and Ronnie came in and said, don't stop. Went out into the river on a boat and wrote the whole song on his in his head. Oh, wow, after hearing the riff. Yeah, came back 10 minutes later, and, yeah, or whatever, 30 minutes later or whatever, and they were still playing. and Super creative. Boom. Yeah. Very artistic. Yeah, very... and. I think he was ahead of his time too, um, in general. And uh, like, what is it? Because uh, I, I I saw that and I, he was like against guns, which was kind of crazy too. Like Especially being how that, how southern he was. He was from the deep south. Yeah. He said he only had. He was talking about he only had one gun, and it was his grandpa's shotgun that he kept above his fireplace. And he said, but other than that, they can take him or something like that. And it yeah. was. It was kind of, I mean, I'm not like totally against guns or anything like that, um, but it was just kind of did not see that coming from him and a guy like him. Well, um, he grew up in uh, the Panhandle. Yeah, Florida. Absolutely. Which is, I mean, he was a hippie yeah. in a way, but a hippie fake Southerner at the same right, time. Right. Um, and yeah, he's uh, just an interesting guy, man, in general. It takes guts to not be the prototypical person from that part yeah, of the world. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. And, and everything with even the Confederate flag, too. Like, he was. He he said he loved the South, and that's the reason they flew it. And I think if he knew if it was like offensive to anyone, he'd like he he would not he, he would, would not fly have, it. He he would have a different position. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he was a good dude. All right, good so dude. we talked about uh, Tech and UVA before yeah. we started uh, recording. I think both coaching positions are open right now. Or did they? Did Tech got Brent Pry or Brett Pry from? Where is he uh, from? He's a DC at Penn State, I believe. Okay. And then UVA is still looking for the coach. I but believe. I think the lead candidate is Anthony Poindexter. Is it? Yeah. Where's he from? Well, he's at Penn State, too. Oh, really? Ironically. He's the co-defensive coordinator, and he's the – I think he coaches the safeties because okay. he was the best safety UVA ever had back in the – he played in the 90s, but he's the best yeah. safety that I can recall playing for UVA. I would love to see Anthony be our head coach. I can tell you what, I could never, ever coach college football Why my that? entire life. I mean, those guys are just gone yeah. all the time from their families. I mean, that was the biggest thing, like, too, working with the team was – We'd be flying out on Christmas Eve, Eve or Christmas Day because there's a bowl game. Bowl game, yeah. Um, like Norvell, Coach Norvell, I just talk about Florida State. Like they played Saturday, and next day they played Saturday, lost, didn't have a bowl game. The next day he was flying out at six a.m. to go recruit. To go recruit, it's insane. They're working three sixty-five. Same thing with his job. Like he signed the Florida State, you know, got the job, signed the contract. Next day, six a.m. recruiting. It's yeah. It's, seven days, I've, seven days a week. I've also never seen anyone more stressed out in my life than I've ever seen Jimbo Fisher, and I saw that and I was like, eh, no, could never do that. Yeah, and when you lose, it's got to be soul crushing because you're just putting so much energy and effort into it. Yeah, you got to feed your family too, is what I think about. These yeah, guys, like that's literally their life, and if they lose, they lose their job. Yeah, and how know? many people get to Nick Saban's level? Yeah, not many Nobody. at all. Yeah, not yeah. at all. Like I'm, I'm 
interested to see how long McVay lasts with the Rams. Like, is he going to be a 30 year, like, is he going to coach them for 30 years or is he not, not in LA? You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think they get one, one or two losing seasons. He might be out. Yeah. Yeah. But he'll, he'll pick up somewhere. Else. Yeah. And that's what, I mean, it's again, it's, that's, it's hard to keep a job in, in college football. I don't know. What's the attraction for those guys? I guess they just love football. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing with like, I mean, Saban, didn't he try to coach in the NFL and he it was, was a complete in, failure? Yeah, Miami. And, he won a national championship at LSU, then goes to Miami, didn't work out super well, and yeah. then he takes over the world, college football world. And I think a lot of that just goes back to, like, like I think Saban's a good builder of men. I think Jimbo, you know, is in his own way a good builder of men, too. I think that's the difference between college and NFL is these guys are men, and they're making probably more money than you are. Oh, yeah. Um, and the Sabans of the world, you know, I, I don't know. They just more businessy, I guess. and Businessy and of, driven and – yeah. Lesson. Yeah, well, I've heard a lot of people describe uh, Division One, F- FBS, Big Five conferences. Uh-huh. The head coaches are really CEOs. Yes, absolutely. Because there's so there's so much for them to run manage. the town. Yeah. They're the mayor, basically. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, they have, they have to deal with boosters. They have to yep. recruit. They have mm-hmm. to deal with the administration for the school. What, all, all that. What they say goes. Yeah, absolutely. In that building. Why do you think uh, Bronco left? By the way, I didn't, I didn't uh, read into that. I, I think Bronco. Look, I, I'm not. I don't personally know Bronco. Yeah. Uh, I wanted Bronco to work out. I wanted him to coach next season. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I, th- I think the fact that he has a losing record yeah. after six seasons yeah. and the fact that he went one in five against Virginia Tech, yeah. I think it bothered him. I think it bothered him that, that he wasn't more successful. Uh-huh. And I think when he said and when he announced it in that little video, yeah. I, I think he was sincerely saying, I need to step away because clearly what I've been doing for the last few years is not working out. Probably but he loves football. It. Probably obsessed with it. Yeah, and, 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 and but but he was smart enough to realize he probably needed to step away. That's yeah. my take on the whole yeah. thing. Um, I haven't heard anything from the administration uh, saying that. Hey, actually, this was a mutually agreed upon thing. Yeah. I think it was truly his decision. And it's rare. Yeah, and he's fortunate he was able to make that decision. It's good for him, though. It probably became unhealthy. Honestly, I think he's self-diagnosed yeah. that he was not in the greatest place. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, I mean, I, look, I, I think a couple other things like he picks up a couple of recruits that he unfortunately didn't get yeah. early on maybe it turns out differently yeah it's a it's a very uh tight margin i'm i'm interested to see if they'll pick up where they are right now i mean they've been pretty damn good at least their off their offense is good i haven't seen them this good since i've been their offense their offense is one of the better offenses that they've ever uh-huh. had and statistically it, it already is the yeah. best they're breaking a bunch of records their defense, and I'm not picking on college kids when uh-huh. I say this. It's it's just there's something wrong there. Yeah. I don't know if it's a talent thing. I don't know if it's they're really young and they just need another year or two, or if it's scheme or game time coaching. Yeah. Like I, I don't know what it is, but watching Tech run through them like they did, I I, I just couldn't believe it. I yeah. could not believe it. Going back to what you just said too, that's one of my biggest pet peeves is uh, like grown men calling out kids on twitter oh, yeah come on calling out kids by name come on, on twitter yeah it's ridiculous like 18 to 22 year old kids i mean those kids got already that's why i think there's like a big mental health thing with especially a lot of these athletes is there's just so much pressure on them at all times 24 7 to you know be successful especially starting in college well and if they want to play in the nfl they know they're not going to play till they're 60 they're going to play yeah. if they're lucky until they're 30 yes yeah. if they're lucky yeah yeah it's crazy yeah well, Austin, it was great uh, talking to you tonight. I'm glad Nick connected us. Yeah, thank you uh, for having me. It's been, I, I feel like I've talked to your uh, inner circle, yeah. uh, at least uh, a couple guys in your inner circle. <laughs> so uh, great to get to know you and, uh, and your buddies. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, man, it's fun. awesome. 
for listening. If you enjoy this episode, please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts. We'd also really appreciate if you'd rate and review us. You can find us at scodopodcast.com. Thank you.